0: Welcome back to the Real World Podcast, everybody. We are still stalling for time before we have to take down the beast that is Firefly. We're done with X-Men. We're Until Legion, obviously. Uh, we're done with Batman, as might be DC forever. So we're just kind of uh, kicking it for a while now. And uh, we, know, we know our niche. We know where our bread is buttered. Where would that be, Mike Thomas? And also,
1: how are you? Uh, our bread is buttered with... 1950s French cinema but we do like to branch out on occasion uh, you know we are not beholden to the new wave we mm. we will wave whenever we want and so we are branching out into comic book movies as I believe they're referred to colloquially that is um, a word I can say very well <laughs> and, and we are looking at Hellboy and Hellboy 2 The Golden Army today yeah. to answer your other question I am okay once again uh, two weeks in a row being okay
0: wow Two podcasts in a row. No yes. podcast last week. Matt decided to do things that weren't talking yes. on the internet about avant-garde cinema. Uh, yes, extensively.
1: You know, um, uh, you're more of a like a Francois Truffaut guy. I'm more of a John Renoir guy. Yeah.
0: You, but we all like Christian Delu. So you know, uh, we meet in the middle. Though. But uh, yeah, <laughs> all right. So as Mike said, uh, it's Hellboy time. I guess we just figured here's some. Not Marvel, not DC, not Fox, not Sony, superhero comic booky type movies. Yep. So we're gonna we're gonna do Watchmen next time. Right now, it's yeah. Hellboy.
1: I mean, I, it's interesting because that's literally what happened. I was just kinda like, what are comic book movies that we could talk about that I find that I would like an excuse to rewatch? And that's basically how this I suggested this. But like also looking back on it and rewatching them, I'm kinda like we could have totally just like retconned this into Let's look at something that was happening at the same time as all these other ones and was really, really revealing about tastes and trends and was interesting and in some ways, and then just been like, oh yes, we planned this all along. But no, uh, we just really need to fill some time.
0: Yeah, Uh, just kicking it. Please, Legion, finish soon. Not that you're not excellent. Uh, Or are you? Well, spoilers, everyone, but I think it's pretty fucking good. Yeah, Iron Fist, not so much. Anyway, uh no, I like Iron Fist, just that first episode's real rough. So Hellboy is a weird one. Kind of I, I guess the first one, uh Hellboy just Hellboy, uh two thousand four, so it kinda predates the enormity of the superhero buzz. Like obviously X Men had come out and, you know, we've we've done all this. If you wanna hear the history of comic book movies, go listen to the I... original episodes of Michael Matt's Excellent Adventures. I...
1: But at the same time, I, I think it's noteworthy to point out that this came out before, as best as I can recall, even like Spider-Man 2, let alone mm-hmm. Batman Begins. I mean, this yeah. came out a year after the second X-Men movie. Like, in retrospect, in when it comes to the comic book explosion, this really is before yeah. the big explosion. And even, even the, the second se- yeah, one even the second. predates yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as best as I can recall. So... Uh, by like a month, mind you, but still. Yeah. So it's kind of remarkable in yeah. that that this kind of happened and then has gone away. It, or not, maybe remarkable is not the right word, but definitely something worth thinking about. And
0: yeah, it's it's very interesting. Like they almost missed their window; like they were too early. I feel. I mean, obviously, it's hard to compete with the big guns now, and you know you can look at the films that try and fail, but. I feel like the audience generally would be more receptive to these films if they'd come out in, say, 2014 and 2018 instead of
1: 2004 and 2008. And and the other interesting thing is, like, let's say you just, you know, at random just pick any two Batman movies, any two Superman movies. Um, There's a good chance if you just pick two from... They'll be wildly different in tone, in humor, and style, things like that. And that makes sense because it's like Batman movies have been made for 27 years. Superman movies have been made for close to 40 years. You pick the only two Hellboy movies. And they're both kind of, well, there's obviously very familiar and similar. Because, you know, for a reason we'll get into, they're wildly different in tone and style at times. Yeah. And the remarkable thing is it's literally the exact same creative team both times. So it's also it's fascinating for the time it came out. It's fascinating for what it reveals about the studio influence on big budget movies, yes. and then the removal of studio influence on big budget movies, and the pros and cons of both. And this ends up being way more interesting. I end up having way more to say about these two films than I reasonably expected going in.
0: Yeah, uh, they, they certainly get, are quite infamous like i don't actually know what the general public perception of these films is i know obviously like like for in insiders like you and me mike uh <laughs> they are they are renowned for sort of going through developmental hell like three times well twice i don't know
1: three times yeah
0: i think it took him yeah. six years to make I- the first one so
1: and with the third one, like it was only confirmed in the last month, I think, that they decided we're definitely not making a third Hellboy.
0: <laughs> I know, after like it really wrapped nine up. nine years. Rather it's, than it's just not addressing decade. it, they're like, hey
1: guys, we're not making I'll it. I'll let you know. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> it, it, it's just a fast... I think to me, this is my experience with the in terms of general perception. I, I don't, there, there's not much of a legacy to them, I don't think. I don't, no. this is not like some sort of flash in a pan that people go, oh my god, what if? things like that like i don't think it stayed in the public conscious all that much but i think at the time the first hellboy was kind of seen as like hey not too bad solid different serviceable you know you could do a lot worse for your summer fair (laughs) and then the second one came out and did very well critically you know it was the summer of the dark knight it was uh, iron man was coming out i think golden army came out in the spring Uh, maybe uh late winter but regardless i think they uh i mean i remember specifically reading the new york times review and just being like wow is this movie supposed to be like great or something like it was people really appreciated for how different it was back in 2008
0: and i uh, and from watching them both back to back tonight because i'm bad at scheduling i think they're actually for me they in the same way that deadpool is even though you know we had our argument about how much it does or doesn't break the formula it is nice that they're kind of different. Um, yes, I would say, even if I I like them both. Uh, I like the first one a lot more than the second one. I don't understand why the second is more acclaimed, but they just have this B movie sensibility to them. They're like a little bit yeah. campy, a little bit hammy, but in a good way. They don't take themselves too seriously. They're just fun. They have a cool offbeat energy to them. I I really appreciate that. I wish there was something like this to compete in the space with marvel and others like not that i i obviously i love marvel like anyone who knows me knows this but i would like it if there was something more sort of b-level out there as like an alternative
1: it's interesting i i after watching both movies and i saw them basically over the span of 72 hours this week my reaction was very much these movies are fascinating i enjoyed the experience of rewatching them i wish there was a third one mm. And yet, I don't really care about them. Nor would I even be even. I couldn't get possibly uh, generate much enthusiasm to recommend them to anybody. Uh, I'd, I'd probably recommend the first one. I, I would like for recommend people who've to, never seen it. At all, I would recommend them to people who are just very, very into comic book movies. Yeah, I would not recommend them to someone who's just kind of casually. Yeah, um, probably not. Uh, I I, I, I don't think there's enough there to recommend and I think uh, but at the same time I'm just like I love being in this universe even if the stories they're telling telling are not particularly satisfying or (laughs) thrilling or even funny like I mean I especially in the first one it's kind of like this weird thing where Ron Perlman is great as Hellboy but he's not really given great things to do (laughs) He and, throws like, himself at it, doesn't he? Yeah, and then like so many of his jokes, I'm just like, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> so I think that like, kind of
0: fits him a bit. He is
1: kind of it, like it this does, sort of lame his, uncle. <laughs> yeah, it fits his character, but I don't know if that's... I think they kind of want the second movie for that character to be there with yeah. Like uh, they, with they some were irony. shooting for cool, and they... And they the first hit, one, like, like, they were shooting for cool uncle. And uh, <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, and yet the first one I think is definitively better.
0: Yeah, um, so
1: do I. So do I. It's this, like I said, I could, I think I could really talk about this one for this, these two movies for a while because I just, yeah. they're such a uh, contradicting tra- contradiction in so many ways.
0: Yeah, I like um, it, but I like it doesn't give me I like that. them,
1: but they're not good.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, and they also don't give me that like enthusiasm. I'm not like, ah oh, yeah, uh, Hellboy, but I like it, but it's also kind of bad, but yeah. Uh,
1: and like the first one is like this really compromised vision, artistic integrity, how to really be sacrificed just to make the movie. But it's way better than the second one where the artist had complete freedom to to, to do whatever he wanted to do. <laughs> it's just like, well,
0: like, okay, I don't
1: let, know. Let, let's, let's, pull it back a little bit here so have you
0: read any hellboy i i haven't and actually Uh reading about the character as like pre-research for this and watching the films it actually makes me really want to get into the books and i I hear them absolutely excellent
1: no if you came across ones you thought were particularly good i would check them out but Mm. uh well there's only like
0: well i'm gonna say this and be immediately wrong i think there's only like 60 or something issues like ever yeah uh and i think there's, i think there's some mini series as well but like yeah uh i it, it made me curious certainly and i think the first film is largely based on like the first major arc so i don't know i might see if i can find that at some point uh so like yeah i i had no real concept of the character before the film existed i i don't actively remember like the first time i i heard of hellboy or whatever but uh, I do remember seeing it for the first time, and being like, "This is kind of cool." Like, I like the the universe of Hellboy. Yes. I, I almost like the concept more than the the yes. execution, which is why I'm interested in the comics. Like, you've got this kind of like uh, occultness, like European folklore, biblical stuff, prehistory stuff, uh, Lovecraftian tentacle monsters. Like, it's an interesting sort of area that it plays in. I think that that actually, <laughs> I think. Uh, Guillermo del Toro got a bit lost in that in the second one, but that's for in about 20 minutes' time. Um, So Hellboy One. Basic plot is Rasputin working for Hitler. Yes, we're there already. Opens a portal to try and bring these giant tentacle monsters into the world to destroy everything, which is somehow good for Hitler. In doing so, he brings uh, a, a tiny demon baby thing comes into our world. And is adopted by World War II soldiers who call him Hellboy, obviously. Uh, and 60 years later, he works for, like, the FBI's secret paranormal institute in New Jersey. Uh, I think the institute actually changes city in New Jersey between films. I think it's, like, Newark in one and Trenton in another, but <laughs> who cares? Yeah, Rasputin comes back. He He's manipulating Hellboys to try and open... The Prison, Bring forth the Tentacle Monsters, Kill Everything. It's it's fairly generic, but I think the life of it is in, well, largely Ron Perlman just absolutely hurling himself at this performance, this like visually striking character of Hellboy. The colourful characters around him are Abe Sapien, voiced by Niles Crane, uh, David Hyde Pierce, in a weird little situation that we might talk about. Just, yeah, the the character-driven aspects of it I think are the real strength of it like there's nothing like mind-blowing in terms of directing or script or anything like that it's just I think that I think the Hellboy character and I think Abe Sapien as well uh, are both incredibly engaging Uh, I really like the sort of nazi assassin dude uh cronin or something like that uh um, he's
1: fucking awesome he is I, I'm still, that must be stolen for something way better
0: <laughs> i'm a sucker for like a silent assassin type character yeah. and like i love how he enters scenes like at the edge of a shot and like no noise he's just like uh when he kills john hurt spoilers everyone uh he's just walking down these stairs and in another film there'd be like Four cuts quickly with dramatic stinger of music, like oh no, he's here! But it's just a long shot, and he's just coming down these stairs. It's just so menacing. I love it. Yeah, so like these wacky characters, I love, uh, and sort of the the props and the costumes and stuff like that. I, I like all of that a lot, and I like big tentacle monsters. But yeah, there's there's definitely some some problems in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like what's what's your like initial take on Hellboy one?
1: You can see the compromise all over the place. I think one of the, the strangest things that really stuck out to me this time was like this is a movie about a demon monkey that came into the existence through like a series of ridiculous portals, mm-hmm. like interstellar portals, and the FBI guy in charge of the paranormal divisions, like huh, Bigfoot, huh? And like making <laughs> <laughs> like dude, like like there's a fucking alien. You're talking to an alien. You're cracking jokes about conspiracy theory nuts. I just like they just kind of like wanted that false sense of I don't know, uh, just cynicism there. And I, well, yeah, the FBI like,
0: agent, has to of course be skeptical.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just like there
0: is a man swimming in a tank next to you that can read. Yeah, revive. like there's
1: a fish fucking dude who <laughs> like who is a psychic, and you're making like I just like I don't know that just reeks of yeah. like you want a shitty. I don't know. It just, it just felt very, very silly. That being um, said, I really, I really,
0: I really love Jeffrey Tambor's performance throughout.
1: Like it's, yeah. it's
0: silly. They give him that beat, but I think he had, yeah. yeah. Well, he's and everything, but
1: yeah. And, uh, I mean, what's funny, he, we'll get into it when we get to the other one, but he's basically playing, it's like Ian Malcolm in the Jurassic park movies. He's basically sure. playing a completely different character in the second movie, just, <laughs> with, but with the exact same name, Yeah, you can't <laughs> convince me that's the same character, but, uh, Hey, he teaches him
0: to light a cigar. They bonded, damn it.
1: Yeah. Um, Here, you know, he's playing really, really cliche, a cynical bureaucrat who's in charge of a red monkey and a fish man and a flame girl. Um, Two characters that you did not mention Mm. are are Liz Sherman. uh, Yes. Who's playing the the Human Torch. And... (laughs) Rupert Evans, who is playing Rupert Evans. Uh, yeah, that dude
0: is uh, <laughs> milk toast. Ge-
1: generic. He is like he is our gateway. He is he is uh, he's the audience. He is Ellen Page in Inception. He is just simply there for us to. He's going to design
0: a... a maze that Leo can't solve in less than two minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> He is simply just there, so people have an excuse to explain things to us. Yes. yes. It's very, 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 very generic. Uh,
0: he accepts things quite quickly as
1: well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, like, there's so many issues with this movie. Mm. And I think the biggest... The the two big ones to me is... I think they didn't realize what they had in Abe. Yes. Um,
0: fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> at, yeah. And they really minimize him here, all things considered. And they rectify that in the second one, for sure. But uh, I, I was disappointed he wasn't involved in the final mission. Yeah. Like, I really liked that this little mini-team they had with John Hurt, uh, Tambor, Hellboy, Abe, a few. The one milquetoast FBI agent we know, some other FBI agents. Like, I just thought that was kind of like a, this cool concept. The guy with hair
0: plugs. Yeah, were, yes, Corey Johnson, yeah. who
1: plays, like, that guy in <laughs> countless roles. Um, yeah. Feeds Hellboy, uh, gets killed. Yes, uh, so it was just one of those things where I was just like, I kind of really like this concept. You know, mm-hmm. I am a sucker for ensembles, and I felt like they kind of discarded that very yeah. quickly in a variety of ways. I think by far, and this, again, it's my second issue, by far the best part of the movie to me is the relationship between Hellboy and John Hurt. And we basically come into the movie with them fighting and not speaking to each other. <laughs> And thus, we don't really get to see their relationship all that much. No.
0: Um, And, like, he's keeping his cancer diagnosis from Hellboy, but then he dies, he gets murdered anyway, so that was...
1: That was kind of... Well, one, like, the old sage cliche, like, he's usually walking around like he's going to die, so I guess (laughs) it's nice that he actually was going to die, and it doesn't feel quite as trite in that way. Yeah. But, uh... Um, their relationship was clearly kind of like the backbone of my investment in the story. Yeah. And they didn't really get a chance to fully explore that much and, mm. uh, at all, really. And then he dies. Yeah. Uh, but how like, Hellboy
0: like casually calling him dad constantly. I, I really like that. It's, it's a yeah. very subtle touch and I don't know how intentional it was, but it, it humanizes the giant demon man. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, like, that was his father, clearly, um, yeah. for all intents and purposes. Like, that was the man who raised him. Um, yeah. And that becomes even more clear in the second one, in case it was too subtle in the first one. <laughs> in a scene we will discuss at great length. We will. Um, yeah, and then, so I think that's, like, to me, my big... When I think about how this movie failed, I go back to those two factors right away. Because it's just, like, they had this great fa- father-son dynamic that probably could have carried them to the end of the movie yeah and instead they go for that middle act uh um, churning point, and they kind of move on fairly quickly yeah uh I, uh and I it's it, hard it's hard to kill somebody mid movie, hmm. give it the impact it deserves, yet still keep the movie going. I think Dark Knight pulled that off actually pretty shockingly well in retrospect, but uh it was it's a it's a hard thing to do, and I don't, and I don't think they quite did it here, but no. yeah it's I don't. I think so. Those are. It's hard. I don't like want to come off just like talking about the flaws right away. But this felt like such a misfire in the sense that uh, it should have been better than it was. Yeah. Uh, but well,
0: like, you, you say how I didn't mention those two characters, and I think there's a very good reason for that. I think what even
1: is his name? FBI agent. Agent Agent Myers. Myers. There are things that go bump in the night, Agent Myers. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Yeah. My like, Myers to bump back. Is so.
0: Yeah, like you said, he's he's literally just. A blank slate there to like get explained to uh, the thing with Liz is I really don't think they there wasn't enough time to develop that because the you know Hellboy obviously loves Liz, always has Liz kind of loves Hellboy Myers seems to love Liz Liz seems curious about Myers at least and like they do the scene where Hellboy's like stalking them while they're on this coffee date and like you know ha 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 but it just It doesn't breathe enough. Because they tell you a lot, like, how much he loves her and all this. And it ends with this very lovely scene where he says he's going to cross over to the other side and bring her back to life or whatever. But it just... I mean, I I feel this is our go-to answer. It feels like this should instead be a miniseries where, like, you get to know these characters over time and then you earn that moment. But I understand it's a two-hour film and, you know, not everything can be a miniseries. Yeah.
1: It, it, you almost would think that it would be better if she was completely on the sidelines here, maybe one scene, and then they can explore it in the second one a little bit where they could actually do her character justice, because this yeah. kind of felt like I must get like a compromise vision. Uh, that being said, I actually really like Selma Blair yeah. in this first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not, much yeah, in the first Yes, which is notable for how I feel about her performance in the second one. Um, it's like, it's kind of a trite kind of like that tortured damaged girl role like i'm like i'm not saying this is a role that we need to prop up on some pedestal or anything like that but i think she does it pretty well and humanizes it very well and you know her motivations for being intrigued by um Myers, yes. by even you that, you makes, perfect, name. <laughs> makes perfect sense yeah. and um her questioning like Okay, yes. Like I probably deep down love Hellboy, but he's also like the only person who can like physically stay alive and be with me. So like, am I limiting my options just by that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I like that Myers is I, able to tempt her back with just the normalcy of just you and me in the back of a taxi. Yeah, right? and
1: that and that makes sense and all that. Uh, I think this Hellboy Liz relationship in both movies, like. It's super weird the
0: one.
1: bad and yeah. unhealthy for both people. Yeah. Uh, particularly Liz. It's yeah. uh, that line at the end of the second one where she goes like, you're the best man I've ever known. It's like, no, he's not. No, he's, he's not. not. <laughs> he, he's really not. He's not better than Abe. And Abe's right there. Like, uh, <laughs> He's barely better than the elf guy. And the elf guy's trying to kill the world. Like, I mean, like Hellboy is kind of a creepy asshole who is yeah. overly possessive treats liz like it's her his right to to her and uh he's a 60 year old man child in a lot of ways and uh are the movies biggest problems that they don't know how to approach that honestly Mm. while also making him the hero like
0: yeah it is part of the character like he is supposed to be mentally younger than his chronological age like the way his body matures versus how old he is in terms of his overall lifespan like he is supposed to be Uh, youngish but like it is problematic when you then cast him
1: here yeah and i think maybe if they told a different story with their relationship that would be less of a problem it's like if hellboy recognized like he's just being like a creepy ass the entire time and he's like they he chooses to like not be with her for those reasons to get like or makes it clear yeah and like (laughs) yes yes if he gave her like the space to actually make decisions ever it would be a lot less creepy but But instead he gets what he wants
0: by acting like he yeah Um...
1: and he's caught like all of his bad behavior is constantly reinforced positively it's uh yeah. It's kind of a nightmare in that uh, way. And Myers uh, just
0: looks on, super hurt puppy dog, at the end as they yeah. just kiss while on fire.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, kind of, I, it's kind of bad. It's kind of that's kind of bad. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of like Logan and Jean Grey, where yeah. it's like they're they're not supposed to be together. They're like not. it's okay that he's being creepy, but you're pretending like he's not being creepy.
0: Exactly. That's that's the difference. People are creepy. Tell that story, but don't don't say, "Oh, he's not creepy. This is totally fine." Yeah.
1: It's um, like uh Emilio Estevez in Saint Elmo's Fire like stalking <laughs> Andy McDowell the entire movie, and this is supposed to be seen as romantic or something like stop that, well, stop, stop that,
0: let's be real if people did in real life. The things that are considered romantic in films, like that—that's call the police behavior. Most no. of it. There's this guy on my lawn with a boombox. Can you make him go away, please? Yeah. No. Um, let's stop, let's stop
1: putting that up on a pedestal. But uh, <laughs>
0: speaking of problematic female characters, Rasputin's girlfriend felt very
1: unnecessary.
0: <laughs> like, what does she do?
1: It I seems completely like a, forgot about her. Exactly. It feels like,
0: like a cut plot point almost.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, She's so forgettable. Still, like honestly, I once again complete, I've completely forgot about her have it, since the last time I saw it. I forgot about her since finishing this movie yesterday.
0: Yeah. She doesn't fight S- anyone. She doesn't advance no. the plot. She doesn't unlock anything. She just stands next to badass Nazi assassin yeah. while he does stuff. Yeah, it's I, mean, bad. I, mean, I mean, I guess he doesn't uh, talk, and I guess she says one thing, but like, it wasn't like bad. a necessary line. I, yeah, it was just weird. <laughs>
1: Like compare that to someone like Alex and in the first two mummy movies. Like uh, yeah. if you kind of think about it, it's basically the exact same mm-hmm. plot in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, right down to the man child getting everything he wants, but at least he <laughs> grows up to be a nice adult in the second one. Uh, and look forward to and, our mummy mini series podcast coming yes, soon. Where we will fucking ether the third one. Cause Holy fuck. And <laughs> You know, Anik Sun- like, there's a moment at the end of Mummy Returns. You've seen the first two Mummy movies, obviously, right?
0: Obviously.
1: Yeah, they're great. There's this one moment I always think back to that breaks my heart where Sunoman like, runs away from Emotep. I know. And he's just, his whole <laughs> heart- world just comes crashing It's crash so it heartbreaking. And, you know, like, it's so heartbreaking. And you think, like, what this crazy human moment from these two psychopathic mummies, essentially... And, like, you compare that with what's going on here and you kind of just see how shallow a lot of this movie is. And when you combine it with all the other issues, you're just, like, you pull out a thread with for the Hellboy 1 and the whole thing kind of unravels. Yeah. There's that really not said, a lot despite there. Despite
0: all this negativity, I will again state, I really like this film. I <laughs> um,
1: I can't I like help it. but enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, it's a very easy watch. Like, I, I definitely... I picked up, like, a used DVD copy of it probably close to a decade ago. Mm. Definitely throw it on probably every couple of years since, like I've seen some special features. Like I enjoy this universe. I want this universe to be good.
0: Yeah. Um, there's there's two I, just a films sco- I haven't seen.
1: I, I, I completely forgot about them. I'm almost definitely going to watch them in like the next 24 to 48 hours. Uh, and maybe like I'll mention like five minutes of thoughts on them at the end of the next episode or something. But so this movie's pretty not good. but i recommend it at the same time yeah
0: it's different like it's it's a bit campier it's a bit sillier it's colorful yes Uh, well it's less colorful than the second one but still it's a big giant red man and a badass blue dude Um, i
1: mean it's also just like thinking about today just like the fact that this came out a year before batman begins is just kind of mind-blowing in a lot of ways because i think Batman Begins seems so long ago to me. So, 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 so long ago. And the fact that this came out a year before that makes us feel almost kind of ancient. I can't believe this is from 2004, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I had to, like, double-check because I thought that my memory must have been playing tricks on me. Yeah. But uh, it's weird. Go it's, watch it.
0: It is. So I can sort of transition into the second film by bringing up a point you made a very long time ago about them not knowing what they had with Abe Sapien. Because there's an interesting story behind this that I had no clue about. So, Doug Jones, I think, uh, physically plays Abe Sapien. And I think he read all the lines for him in the first film. But then was famously overdubbed by David Hyde Pierce. And apparently they were convinced that he was a huge, huge star. And would drive box office tickets. This is the part of the story that sounds made up. But he decided that Doug Jones had done such good work... That he was not going to take a credit. He is not listed anywhere in those credits. Uh, He did no interviews, no press. He didn't show up to the premiere, any of that. So he kind of just does the voice and that's it. And then he didn't come back. And then I think the studio were like so pissed about this. Well, it changed studios, which we'll talk about. The, The creative team were kind of pissed at David Hyde Pierce for doing that when they, for some reason, bet on him. Uh, so he's not in the second one and it's Doug Jones voicing him and also because that first one really didn't make much all that much money I think Sony dropped it and were like Hellboy's not a valuable property and then Universal were like yeah it is and they made an even more expensive one that made even less money and that's called Hellboy 2 The Golden Army. there you go that's not even really a transition in the end but now we're talking about it so suck it this one I, I didn't see until long after it came out like i had seen hellboy one a couple of times i was like yeah i like hellboy and then hearing there was going to be another one i was like cool but i just i don't know it it, it was not a year to see
1: hellboy apparently and yeah, yeah i saw i saw both of them in theaters actually oh, really? um and my immediate reaction to this in 2008 was this is stupid <laughs> uh it is like uh... This is not a perfect comparison, but this is like if the follow-up to Batman Begins was like Batman Returns. Uh, okay. It's not that... Or maybe even ba- Batman 89. It's, it's it's not that it's... It is
0: that, because Tim Burton went full Tim Burton for Returns, and Del Toro went yeah. full Del Toro for Hellboy 2. Um, like, this is Pan's fucking Labyrinth in the middle of
1: this thing. <laughs> yeah, like, this is... movie is a mess from a story perspective, from a character perspective, if you care about movie to movie consistency, it really might as well be a different universe. Uh, but it's fine though. It Myers is...
0: is there to hold it all together, right?
1: <laughs> oh, you sent him off to Antarctica because, Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they wrote Myers out, uh, <sighs> IMDB claims it was due to a play commitment. Uh, I'm not convinced of that, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, Every like people everyone's worse, everyone's different. <laughs> everyone's worse, everyone's different. I actually like the villain more. Yeah. Villain yeah. from Blade Two. I, I kind of like was watching as I was watching it today, I was kinda of, like ficking like a little like how could they coulda done this better, because this is kind of a pretty cool idea.
0: Hmm. You mean him constantly asking of Hellboy like, should you be fighting for humans or just him generally?
1: Well, just in general, I like this idea that there are these two, like, t- twins, caught, like, immortal twins, mortal el- elven twins, who, like, literally feel each other's pain. and yeah. they're at, But that was a really cool idea. The fact that this elf probably is right, yeah. that his people were oppressed, um, you know, gives him a lot more of a substantive motivation than... I'm a Nazi sympathizer who is using <laughs> Hitler's power, money to draw demons from space to destroy the world. Like, that, I mean, like... God, the plot of Hellboy 1 is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty dumb. It's almost weird in that that movie, which is so much more grounded in a lot of ways, has a far more ridiculous plot. Yeah. Uh, era like, like, conceit for the... the or far more ridiculous motivation for the main character yeah
0: well the um, second one is like high fantasy like there's elves everywhere there's weird yeah. fucking creatures and then also and irish not, stuff
1: o- and... not only are all the characters like played by the same actors um but seem completely different and performed way worse almost across the board abe tone... looks different to me as
0: well hmm. i don't know if that's just me a
1: little bit a little he looks bit faker like somehow? Like yeah but this bigger th- issue to me is like in this first movie They're basically operating in this weird world where, like, Hellboy, Liz, and Abe are the only three weird things about the world. Yes. And the fact that there are these, like, time-traveling immortal Nazis is kind of, like, also just kind of an outlier in what is otherwise the world that we, you and I, know it to be. In this movie, it's like they've been living in this secret fantasy land the entire time where it's like the men in black world where yeah deep down like the world's fucking crazy they have you know their own uh bar scene in tatooine with the <laughs> diagon alley fucking people and it's really really just the different. dwarf market or the troll market yeah or something? yeah i just call it Diagon alley. i I, um, I saw what you were doing It's fine. yes thank, yeah. you, thank yeah. you thank you thank you it was very clever it's like, like I said, the only way to th- describe it is, like it's like completely different people made the movie. Yeah.
0: Uh, and Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's the exact same fucking people. <laughs> and in um, fact,
0: the creator, uh, the writer of the comics actually helped co-write the script. Uh, and like that first one, it follows on for some famous Hellboy like arcs. The second one is just Guillermo del Toro was like, "Hey, I love this universe. So let's see what I can make up for it." And the guy yeah. who wrote the comics helped him. And yet, it's like so far divorced from hellboy yeah it seems and, like loosely you know, that... inspired by some stuff uh from hellboy yeah.
1: but and that's not the end of the world mind you like no. we've talked about a lot like universe continuity should not be the priority good movies should be the priority I, I i do firmly believe that but it's one of those things also is that when you don't have a good movie all these other things become a bigger problem yeah
0: uh, i i don't hate it's... this i I don't even know if I think it's bad. It's just a lot less good.
1: <laughs> it's weird. It's almost. It's. I mean, one. I think the biggest part is that all the performances seem off. Yeah. Selma Blair uh, forgot how to act. Yeah. In what the, four the hell? Years since uh, I don't know. Maybe she's just much better portraying that tortured, emo, fragile, broken woman thing, mm. which is once again. Not necessarily something we want to prop up, put on a pedestal as a character, or character, whatever fucking caricature. But she is often like the Selma
0: Blair, though, like, like the Selma Blair roles. I know she's she's always like she was in that first yeah, one.
1: This is like a little bit of a spunky Selma Blair with an attitude, team and, leader giving orders to people, and they're they have this. Her and Hellboy are in a are firmly in in relationship and they're like just bickering the entire time That's so
0: weird to me like a A like gives you this sort of exposition of it's like oh yeah they've been fighting a lot because they're in a new relationship and it's like yeah but something seems just really strange here (laughs) like
1: yeah like they just have this super unhealthy relationship that we're supposed to think is healthy or something i don't understand it but uh do you
0: know what fixes a broken relationship Mike? babies babies
1: uh and she's pregnant. Doug Jones does the voice of Abe. It bothered me less this time.
0: Yeah. Uh, when I saw it, it's just when slightly I saw,
1: less charming. When I saw it in the theater, I was fucking outraged. Of course. Uh, you I, don't, I was just like, what the fuck is this?
0: I'd my um, Niles uh,
1: Crane. Yeah, no, that is not my Niles. Hashtag not my Niles Crane. It's it, it gets some getting used to. Um, once again, and we're going from a hellboy where once the world is just what we know the world to be. And this one, the federal fuck government recommends this ghost monster to be their fucking team leader about thirty minutes into the movie, as if
0: it's not that, that it's not that he exists. It's that like Jeffrey Tambor's calling him sir. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Why are you doing well, this? When a, one film ago, you barely believed in what was right in fucking front of you.
1: <laughs> well, it's more that like. If they made it seem like oh like Jeffrey Tambor was the complete idiot, not just for not believing what's right in front of him, but like the whole world's actually like this. It's no, it's more just like yeah, we just didn't we didn't tell we didn't think of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like that character Johann Strauss, he's actually pretty fun. Yeah, I think he has a, he Seth, adds some life to the movie. Seth MacFarlane does a pretty good job. Seth MacFarlane's good at voices. He, like I like his voices. I've heard that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like, whatever else you can say about him, and there's a lot, like, I think he actually is pretty genuinely good at voices. Mm -hmm. Uh, The ghost monster was turned into be a really creative for the fight scenes, which is great because it makes the Hellboy movies stand out, especially compared to Hellboy himself, who's rather brutish in his fighting nature.
0: He does just punch everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, Johann Strauss was kind of like a welcome breath of fresh air, Mm. and I wish they kind of came up with more. Like, they need to do do a little bit more with him but uh anyway he's probably the one thing that's not actively worse is nothing to compare it to
0: <laughs> i do like uh, the villain like you do i would i would say that yeah the he's, vi- he's got a cool like fighting style yeah, and gravitas Goss, to him
1: yeah he he kind of nailed the it's very much a marvel villain where they have like a semblance of a genuine motivation but in reality <laughs> he's just the bad guy yeah, he's literally just
0: uh, rolled out from blade 2 and played the same character uh, but he's not a hobo he's a prince
1: <laughs> yeah it reminded me of something like uh it reminded me of something like who'd be a villain in the next guardians of the galaxy movie or something like that or thor yeah. Um, well
0: yeah well it's like um malak malakai mala something uh for thor 2 chris eccleston it's, uh-huh. visually it's Basically, the fucking same design, but,
1: yeah. uh, but cooler. Uh, cooler. He, cooler. <laughs> yes, I like that Jeffrey Tambor like, is like... playing a completely different fucking character. He is just playing a completely different character. Now, with that in mind, when the first one was written, it was not written with Jeffrey Tambor in mind, no, and apparently, he, he was a very, very late replacement. Which also makes me feel better about a certain special feature I watched at the time, where. Uh, they're doing like a behind the scene shot and Jeffrey Tambor just kind of casually makes a joke oh there's an actual script for this <laughs> and at the time it's like oh Jeffrey Tambor is just an asshole who doesn't think this who thinks this movie is beneath him but no he was actually very late addition to this yes. Jeffrey Tambor I apologize for my occasional internal thought that you were an you asshole for the last nine years yeah. Yeah. he's just playing a much more comedic version of himself uh, Ron oh. Perlman's performance goes down like several notches here yeah He's playing a much hammier version of himself. Doug Jones just isn't quite as good. Nope. Uh, I don't he's... like the
0: love storyline. It just doesn't. It feels like they're trying to, like, their attempt to make him a bigger character. They were like, ah, oh, slap a love story in there. It's like,
1: yeah. Yeah, but... it's like, oh, we should do more with Abe. Great. Give him a love story that makes him seem like a complete idiot. Ah.
0: <laughs> uh, um... Does read four books a day, but he is an idiot.
1: Yeah. Everything about this movie is worse. It's so jam stuffed with every crazy idea Guillermo del Toro has ever thought of. Uh, in terms of, of wacky and the yeah.
0: golem and the big tree monster and the, uh, yeah. the weird dude with like a city on his head or a castle on his head or something at the troll market. Yeah, it, it's very like Pan's Labyrinth parts of it. Uh, that uh, being said, I really like the little like elf palace or whatever it is where the villain yeah. goes to kill his father. Like it's all golden and like visually it, it looks very different. Like it's jarring because it doesn't look anything like the first film, but in a different film, maybe
1: that would have been a cool. We probably should have just started with this, but you kind of know this movie is going to be bad um, or off after the very first scene. Our only look at John Hurt in this movie is a flashback. Uh, him and a, a very, tiny very... old woman,
0: well not old woman, a tiny adult
1: woman playing a creepy looking young Hellboy. And this like eight year old Hellboy is one, <laughs> one of the most annoying kids in the world. Yes. And two, just sets the complete, I mean it sets actually an accurate tone for what was to follow. Mm. But I really like
0: that, that animated like exposition thing it reminded me of deathly yeah. hallows but it predates yeah Deathly
1: hallows totally stole it but uh yeah it's great did it better uh, but like
0: yeah it's, it's it's a very cool scene like that whole but, this is what the golden I, army is seen but then it's ruined by annoying young Hellboy.
1: <laughs> yeah um he's like a total annoying brat i mean of course he would grow up to be even more annoying brat but true it's this time it's with a high-pitched voice so it's it seems more annoying here mm-hmm. john hurt's great love john hurt of rest course. in peace Child Hellboy was kind of awful. And I wouldn't say the movie never recovers in the sense that it was that bad. It's more just like, that's the tone for the rest of the movie. Uh, Grating and loud. Uh, (laughs) Which is not the best combination of qualities to have. Again, I just have this indescribable uh, infatuation with Hellboy. (laughs) Despite having no investment in it overall as a franchise, as a character, as a comic... I just watched these two movies, and I'm just like, I could watch these movies probably every couple of years.
0: Yeah, they're just, they're really fun. Well, yeah, they 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 don't get bogged down in anything. Like, they move quite quickly, I think. Um, there's a surprising amount going on in that first film uh, in, in just two hours. Yeah, I, I really think they, they just, like, they have confirmed they're not going to do a third one, but I really think they fucking should. Like, I I think, I think now, you obviously don't call it Hellboy 3, not because you know, when you when you slap a number on something that hasn't financially done well, that just isn't wise. Like you almost treat it as if it's a new property, but not. But you don't retell the story or anything. Uh, I'd 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 love for them to do more, and I I would like to see those those animated films. Than I I do want to read the comics. And I would say, if you've sat and listened to us talk about two films you haven't seen for like best part of an hour, you need to assess your life. But you should go watch them.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely, you bring up a good point that right now comic book movies are so dominated, really by Marvel, but then also like right below it, Fox and uh, DC, that there's really no room for these kinds of movies. And it'd be nice if there were, but it'd also be a lot easier to advocate for them if these two were good. (laughs) Like. Like, these two are just, like, these gems that everyone's been ignoring unfairly.
0: I think that first one kind of is. Like, I know there's a lot (laughs) wrong with it, but overall, I do still think it's good.
1: It reminds me of, like, early Marvel movies where it's like, this is a fine origin story. There's too much wrong with it to be like... you know, this these people are being oppressed by the fact that they don't get to make more movies. Like this is ridiculous. Um,
0: yeah. I, just, I, uh, I just think it's like a good little like his. You know, maybe Iron Man isn't your bag. Maybe you're not a huge fan of Captain America or whatever. It's like, well, try this. Like it's different. It's it's, it's a less it's equally into... red
1: but less funny.
0: <laughs> it's it's just a corner of fantasy that like isn't used as much, and I think it, it has a different tone. Like Again, I'm just going to compare it to Deadpool again. Like, I, I think that is the best analogy, because I know that does fall under the Fox umbrella, but it really, public perception was that Deadpool's this separate entity that just came along and was just like, ah, bam, Deadpool, here you go casual people who are sick of hearing about comic books. Like I know someone who didn't know that uh, Deadpool was in any way related to X-Men. Uh, just thought it was this completely original creation or something. I don't know, but yeah, I I, I, th- I think people should, if they haven't seen it themselves, watch Hellboy, and if they have friends who haven't seen it, tell them to just try it, try something different. And, like, maybe we're not going to get a Hellboy 3, but I'd like it if uh, some smaller companies looked at a Hellboy-type film and were like, okay, let's try something of that vague nature.
1: Yeah, and you know what, I think something smaller and also just like make up your own superhero at this point yeah like, fuck it there's eventually we're going to run out of ones already established so you might as well just like make something as weird as fucking possible like fucking Boy.
0: you know there's like um, 500 x-men characters right
1: you know what i mean though but i'm saying like <laughs> it's like
0: yeah you eventually no, 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 reach no, no, a
1: point yeah. where you've run out of a, brands that are actually of any value before they're released into movies anyway like mm. you might as well just go all the way and just be like we're creating our own crazy universe just when we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. But, that's no, probably but no what one this creates anything
0: anymore, so...
1: But uh, Guillermo del Toro, I just don't... Yeah, I'm not... I'm not a, I'm not I'm a Guillermo not, del yeah, Toro guy.
0: I'm not down for a full Guillermo. Like, I like Blade um, Two more than I like Pan's
1: Labyrinth. <laughs> my memory is Pan's Labyrinth is fucking amazing. Blade Two is my least favorite Blade. So... Oh. Yeah. Oh, we might need to do a blade episode. Yeah, we
0: probably not um, gonna need to. Uh I think he did Mimic. I think I I think I like Mimic as like a
1: I heard it's good. I haven't somewhat seen anything intentionally pre-Blade shitty nineties
0: like horror type what, thing.
1: What's the movie with the, the Jaegers?
0: Yeah, oh uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah
1: I, Yeah, that's fucking terrible.
0: <laughs> I like the
1: idea of that more than I like that. <laughs> the acting in that one. Oh my god. Uh, I really that dude thought he paper. was
0: too good for Fifty Shades of Grey
1: uh, ah, but he's, a, bring Mal- he's bringing Macklemore to King Arthur it's going to be great
0: your fixation on Macklemore is unhealthy speaking of <laughs> things that are unhealthy this podcast in general uh, continues to truck on and our next topic will be Watchmen that's what I meant by unhealthy not just this podcast so yeah as we just tackle alternate superhero films mm-hmm. we're going to take on maybe the most controversial one there is I don't know. That's not true. Yeah. What's the most controversial one there is? I don't know, but I don't... Does
1: anyone still care about Watchmen?
0: People are like... You, you mention Watchmen, and some people get pissed off.
1: I will say... I think I told you this. I probably already said it on the air. You but uh, I know The greatest saying. joy of my life. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> okay. Just go up to someone who's a big fan of Watchmen and say, the movie paid too close attention. To it was too closely adapted from the, the book. <laughs> just watch the... Just watch the fun unfold after saying that.
0: So I'm going to dig out my copy of Watchmen and uh, read that by next week. And also watch the film, I guess. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about it. And uh, I feel that's going to be a bumpy conversation. So look forward to that. And in the meantime, support this podcast. Uh, Tell your friends. Tell people you don't even know. Yell in the streets and get arrested. Because you are just screaming at people to go listen to the Real World Podcast. Click
1: on our list. We make
0: lists. We do make lists. We made, oh man, did we ever make some lists. We ranked all the Batman. We ranked all the X-Men films. The feedback on those are very different.
1: (laughs) Yes. And next week we'll rank the Hellboys. It's going to be an extensive list.
0: Okay. I think we were actually going to rank something else. And it's not going to be Hellboy. But we'll, we'll, we'll maybe do some more stuff like that. Uh, yeah check out the written content we will continue to supply more at this, this rapid pace we have built up uh, and more podcasts to come men next week I believe Legion will be following shortly after that
1: and then it's flat Flat time it's just in time for no one to be able to watch it on Netflix
0: oh shit when's it going off Netflix is it off it's now a week oh a week. shit I don't actually own it on DVD <laughs>